right, good evening, everybody. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Kaylee. I'm a part of the Club of 81 group that is presenting this event to you. Um, but I am not going to be the one doing all the introduction because we have the Spooky Time Network podcast here, which is going to be taking care of the hosting duties tonight. Jungle of wires. Hello. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's free. All right. How y'all doing tonight? Good. That's, That's good. good. I was worried. Some of you look sad. <laughs> oh no. I like your I like your outfit. Thank you. I like your 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 polo and jeans. That's very Kyle. I see you decided not to to match like we said we would. We were all supposed to be in polos, but hey. I couldn't. Whatever. It's I, all good. I couldn't get the rental in time. I'm sorry. You're a liar. I, I love liar. that about you. I don't look good as like a retired golfer. Sorry. Ah, it's my dream Where's future. Where's Jarrett? I have no idea. He's been bouncing around all day. Jarrett? Jarrett? Jarrett! Kaylee, where where's, are you? Kaylee, where's Jarrett? Jarrett! Come on, we're starting. <laughs> folks at uh, uh, stage left let me uh, you know round off the edges of the crucifix in the back so uh. oh no that's not Jared, tonight no. yeah I've told you there is no exorcist musical the exorcist the musical it's it's a fever dream you've had it's not it's not real it's not possible just because I had a fever when I came up with it does not mean that uh, it is a fever dream of mine Kyle it's exactly what it means lights we have the lights the camera the camera's right there for you camera <laughs> the action it's it's in the, it's in the it's in the text the subtext for the musical sure sure Oh boy. The musical that we're doing oh. tonight. No, it's the ghost guys. Oh. Remember? Did that you not prepare? Ghostland Society. Yes. yes. Ghostland Society is yes. here. Let's Woo. Give it up for Ghostland Society. Woo. Excellent. They hunt ghosts and such. Excellent. Or they try. <laughs> well, welcome to this, uh, welcome. this wonderful evening. Uh, thank you for listening to yes. our jokes. Thank you for listening to our jokes, even though how horrible they might be. Uh, Mine were pretty good. They were pretty good, yes. So, Kyle's <laughs> always the, uh, the, the best jokester of the group. Mm -hmm. yes. It's so true. So, who are we and what do we do? We, uh, we are Spooky Time Podcast. We run a... Uh, Podcast. A, pod a podcast. A system oh my of podcasts. Yes, a system of podcasts. A gaggle, uh, if you will. Sister shows. We have a Spooky Time podcast where we research a uh, paranormal event or just something kind of out of the ordinary that we tell, like to dig a little deeper upon. We also have Spooky Time Presents uh, where we re-examine uh, older horror films. And we and newer horror and films. And newer horror films. That horror we like in general. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'll just leave. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, no, no, come back. No, it's a hybrid. Go home. Can't get rid of me. Yeah, I've tried. So that's who we are. Yeah, that's who we are. I'm Jarrett Miller, and uh, I'm excited to uh, share this evening with you. These are my co host yes. and uh, lovely friends. Yes. Who are I'm, you? I'm Cammy, Cammy Castelny. Um, I was going to come up with something clever to say, but I uh, forgot. I'm like Don Knotts nervous right now. That's the level I'm at. <laughs> So you guys are in like the you're in the splash zone. 
If I barf, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why we got rid of the first roll I of should have brought. Tangent. I should have told you to bring ponchos like SeaWorld, and I didn't, <laughs> and I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, who are you? Uh, my name is Kyle, and much like this show and Frankenstein's Monster, I am live. <laughs> Excellent. Live. Excellent. We're live. We're li- oh, the reason our voices aren't being projected, but we're still talking into mics, is because this is being recorded. Yes, this is for our be. podcast. Yes, this is going to be a podcast. live show on uh, Dad. The podcast. They can't hear you waving. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go in the show notes. Steve Castelny waved at uh, <laughs> three minutes and forty-two seconds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's enough. So this will be an upcoming episode of uh, Spooky Time Podcast. We yes. uh, we appreciate it if uh, all questions. For us or Ghostland Society are held until the uh, the question section of the panel. And it's okay if you don't have any questions for us. Yes, don't please. That's not why we're here. We're just. <laughs> I'm here not to do prepared this. for that. And then they're gonna, Woo! you know, take it away. Yes. So uh, yeah, if yes. you're interested in listening to us or our uh, film program podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcast, uh, Spooky Time Podcast, or Spooky Time Presents. Anywhere you find podcast, so yeah. Apple Podcast, Spotify. You name it. It's there. Mm-hmm. So. Podbean. That's a cute one. I just like saying, I like saying Podbean. It's like, it's, cute. it's like a futuristic uh, can of peas you get. Can of beans. Can of peas. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. I got exorcist Topical. on the mind still. Topical. Okay. All right. Cool. So yeah. yeah, let's get to doing what we're here to do. Okay. Can we introduce our friends? Of course. We already did. Kyle. Let's do it. Kyle's here. Um, and Ghost Society. Ghost Society is here. Yes, yes. Alrighty, well. A talented bunch of ghost hunters, you researchers. Are, you were all you in will. for a treat tonight. Uh, Ghostland Society, spanning over three decades of uh, paranormal research. They hail from northern Illinois. Gurney, correct? Gurney, Gurney correct. Yeah. Home of Six Flags, correct? Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my <laughs> the outlet mall. Um, <laughs> neat. Yes, um, they have been on television. You may have seen them on your television, on A&E, on uh, True TV, on... Netflix. Netflix. Vice. <laughs> <laughs> a little little streaming service called Netflix, if you've ever heard of it. I'm on Disney Plus, sorry. Oh, and that's <laughs> exclusively Disney Plus. Yikes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're a uh, highly skilled group of professional investigators who uh, focus on attempting to understand the uh, paranormal and beyond. Uh, they're... Yeah. Professionals um, come from all walks of life. They got a colorful series of backgrounds behind all of them, and it's yeah, yeah, yes. So without further ado, yes, without further, without ad- further ado, <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. Bob Jensen <laughs> and Ghostland Society, yes, everyone. Come on up. I'm too short for this. You guys want to welcome? Grab some microphones, guys. Appreciate you guys coming on out. (laughs) (laughs) So, how many people out there actually believe in the paranormal? Okay. How many don't? All right. (laughs) So, with us. I'm, we're always looking for logical explanation behind things. Um, we generally try to avoid the word professional because it can't be proven or disproven. We're just very knowledgeable. 
Um, so anybody that comes out and says that they're a professional ghost hunter, professional paranormal investigator, we kind of scoff at it. We'll give them the respect, but to be a professional in it, I don't really buy into that whole theory. But if you're educated and well-rounded, you know, you can definitely call yourself whatever you want. So, <laughs> hey. um, so about us, we were founded in 1990. Um, we're based off, again, Northern Illinois. We've investigated uh, the 50 states. Uh, we've through the Caribbean, UK, uh, been advisors on uh, past in pre uh, previous shows that have been on the air. There's even one show that's still on the air. I was an advisor on season one uh, as a subcontractor, and uh, it was interesting to uh, finally leave that particular show. Uh, well, we've done a lot with the different cable networks, radio shows, um, so we're definitely out there. January 1st, we'll actually be celebrating our 30th anniversary. Uh, for myself, October 31st will be my 31st year in the field itself. We have affiliates in Missouri, New York, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, and now Nola. Louisiana. NOLA. Again, uh, yeah. yeah, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my tech guy took off down there, so he's going to be opening up a branch. So our current investigators, we have all walks of life, like you guys were saying, that um, I've got retired police officers, current law enforcement, um, people that work retail, uh, factory jobs. Um. I myself have a degree in geography, archaeology, and history. Um, I work in a c for a civil engineering firm. I do telecommunications engineering. So um, I try and find scientific explanations, I would say, for everything I see. Um, and Bob also has numerous master's degrees that I will not go into. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got um, a bachelor's in photography, double master's in American history, PhD in archaeology, and a PhD in archaeology. So very expensive paperwork that sits in a box somewhere that was paid by the cable network. So I have no student loans, but I'm not doing anything in those fields. <laughs> um, I did teach photography for a while at Harper College, and I might be going back to teach, but it's just not my forte. So I do feel sorry for anybody to get stuck in my courses. <laughs> <laughs> so the different type of hauntings, uh, different terminologies, one of the big ones is uh, intellectual. Uh, that's where you're actually interacting with a ghost. And if I could actually have one of these happen to me, maybe I'll be a little more of a believer. Because uh, I would love to sit down and talk to a particular ghost, find out how they're doing it, how they're coming back, and how I could hunt the hell out of people when I pass away. <laughs> but you'll find these, you'll have uh, intellectual ones a lot out in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You'll have some out um, in Washington, D.C. There's quite a few of them. Um, around here, not so much. Uh, the next other real popular one is the residual. So residual ones could potentially happen on anniversaries of dates. Uh, big one again, you know, going back to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, um, October or January, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1863. So when they're doing the big reenactments out there on those particular dates, you usually have some type of activity that takes place in the park itself. Uh, park will never admit to ghosts or paranormal activity, but if you talk to some of the reenactors, they'll tell you different stories. Townspeople will tell you different stories. You'll come across different scents that make no sense going into. Um, the streets you that, you know, six o'clock in the morning, you can be walking around, you got strong smell of cigars or perfume that, and there's nobody around you. Um, those would be your type of residual hauntings. Other big ones in, uh, out in the UK, when it comes to anniversary dates of Jack the Ripper, 
You've got five major dates in 1888 that took place, and people say in certain parts in the UK, on those dates, things will happen. Messengers. Has anybody ever encountered a messenger, you know, during maybe a, a death in the family that that loved one came back and visited you and said that it was going to be okay? Okay. Doesn't happen too often. A lot of times people consider it might be a, a waking dream that they were having at the moment. Uh, but those are, you know, very special ones to a lot of people when it does happen. Uh, I personally never had one of those. Uh, when my dad passed away back in 82, uh, supposedly happened to my sister, that uh, my dad came to my sister and said things were going to be okay. Poltergeists, one of my favorite ones. So who's seen the movie? I will <laughs> sit there and say with the poltergeist activity out of almost 31 years of me doing this, I've only encountered one, and that was a house in Lake Forest, and I was always the target of this poltergeist. If I came in with a new investigator, I was pretty much going to the hospital. I've been choked, thrown down a flight of stairs, and scratched, bit, um, punched. But if I went in with the same investigators, it would let us know it was out there, but it wouldn't mess with us for that night. Poltergeist, you don't run into that often. A lot of people throw that terminology around quite often uh, just because they can't explain it. Poltergeist in German just means noisy ghost. So the movie itself, little far-fetched, but things like that can happen, that you're having things move on you and you're not expecting it. Demonic, we, almost 30 years, have only encountered it twice. People use that D word because they just don't explain, you know, what's going on. So they say, oh, it's gotta be demonic. And it truly isn't. To have something that's demonic, uh, you know. And a lot of these people, it's just an excuse to get investigators or ghost hunters out there to take a look at what's going on. Um, I've had a couple of situations where we've had a demonic case and I've had investigators refuse to go into that particular house. They just had a bad feeling walking up to the door and of course there's me that just walks into it. So doesn't happen too often. Um, but those are the ones a lot of people sit there and say they want to experience and if they happen to come across a situation like that, they usually get out of the field. Oh, our favorite subject. Um, <laughs> orbs. So if you've seen TV, a lot of the paranormal shows are going to be like, oh, there's an orb. Must be a spirit. Um, very unlikely. Um, most of the time, orbs are caused by dust. Um, just literally anything flying in the air, bugs. You, you name it, pollen. Um, we've had pollen set it off. Um, basically, an orb is just a reflection of light of something in the air that you can't normally see with the naked eye. Um, we have had some instances where we can't explain it. Um, but most of the time, if you come to us saying we have orb activity, we're not going to laugh at you, um, but we're going to take it with a grain of salt. Um, what, is, what is your opinion on orbs? <laughs> I don't use the O word. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like with the Caitlin was explaining with orbs, if somebody was actually to stomp their feet hot and heavy on the floor right now and everyone was to take pictures, bet you you're going to have pictures that are going to show you your orbs. It's light reflection, light reflection, condensation, bugs. It could be anything. 
It's just because the camera itself, the way they're designed, they can't focus forwards and back. So you can't get your depth of perception proper on these cameras. So whatever's close to it's going to take that picture right away. If you do a manual focus, for anybody that knows how to use manual focus cameras, you can usually avoid that because you're actually taking the time to focus in, focus out. So you're going to run into less so-called orbs. Um, but yeah, orbs is a, a dirty O word with us. We just don't like it. Uh, we don't use the G word ghost, we don't use the D word demonic, and we don't use the H word haunted. We really try coming up with logical explanations as to what's been going on. So some basic definitions, if you've ever seen the TV shows, um, you know, you always have, you'll hear the terminology AVP, EVPs, EMFs. Uh, AVP is an audible voice phenomenon. And it's usually if you're walking around and you hear it clear as day and you're kind of double-guessing yourself to find out, did I just really hear that? It could be a situation where I hear it, Jeremy doesn't. Randy might. You might hear it in the back of the room, but everyone else doesn't. Nobody can really explain AVPs. EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon. A lot of times you don't hear these until you actually go back with your audio recorder and listen to it. Again, it's a, a neat anomaly, and we've had situations where I've had multiple audio recorders running, and one audio recorder picks it up and the others don't. So then we're trying to figure out, is there a problem with that particular audio recorder? A lot of people swear by using the old cassette tapes. The problem with that is it's an old manual device, so when you start clicking the buttons, you're going to hear that, and it can be misconstrued as an EVP. Problem is when you start using electronic ones, they've got so many built-in filters in it because you want the clarity, you're filtering out some of the EVPs. So the recorders that we end up using, we just set it at the very standard setting and we seem to get them a little better. Um, so EMFs, um, EMFs are what we are, literally means electromagnetic field. Um, everybody and everything that is living gives off an electromagnetic field. Um, so, when they say EMF detector, it's literally a device that um, professional electricians will use to find wires and um, sources of electrical fields that need to be dealt with. Um, EMFs can actually, if they're high enough, can cause hallucinations, skin rashes, vomiting, nausea. Um, I, I mean, I work around power lines all the time, um, like I was actually out there today, um, and it will cause migraines, dizziness. Um, I've actually had crew members pass out from them before. Um, so EMF fields, we always go into a building um, and we do an EMF sweep um, to see if there's any sort of electromagnetic anomaly to begin with. Um, we have had some instances where there is. We bring it to the homeowners or building's attention um, and say this could be what's causing your, your problems. Yeah, so when we've done investigations, we have to tell all the, all our members turn your cell phones off. We have a smartwatch, turn the, the smartwatch off. Anything electronic could potentially give it EMF reading. What we're looking for are the higher spikes. Average home could be anywhere from 0, 0.0 to maybe a 0 0.5. Uh, we've had one house that we did in Elgin, mm -hmm. average was 2.9, which is unhealthy. And again, you know, if you have a professional electrician come in your house to do a sweep of it, they could actually charge you a good penny to say, hey, you've got bad electrical. While we're doing an investigation, if we're at your house and we're noticing this, we'll tell you free of charge. <laughs> you know, now, now you got to go talk to your electrician and explain, hey, we had, you know, ghost hunters or paranormal investigators in here and they said this, this, and this. 
they're going to scoff, and then when they start doing the sweep, they're going to say, they were right. So a lot of you know, problems with old wiring. You know, it's the old cloth-wrapped wires in the houses that might be 150, 160 years old. Uh, you could have problems with the conduit that is just old conduit pipes that might have a small pinhole leak in it, not, you know, not put together properly. A lot of things can set that off. But we've had problems where you know, our devices, our walkie-talkies will set it off too. So we have to go and do a base rating with no electronics on us just to figure out what's going on. And then throughout the day, we'll monitor what's going on in that particular room. Uh, we've had a situation in the house in Elgin where when they turned the lights on in the basement, in the- It was in the bedroom. Daughter's bedroom. Yeah. They were getting almost a 30-point reading. Which, which is, is extremely unhealthy at that level. Um, hallucinations, even seizures. Um, so uh, when, and when we brought it up to them, they were like, oh, we should probably have that looked at. <laughs> and the things that the daughters were uh, saying they were having problems with, it was caused because of that. When the light switch was off, they weren't experiencing it, but they were saying they were seeing things in the closet. They were getting the headaches. They were feeling almost a point of uh, deja vu and then just vertigo. And that, you know, other side effects of, of high EMFs. So one of my least favorite things is basically paranormal groups are split into two different categories, your ghost hunters and paranormal investigators. Is there truly a difference? No. We're still all looking for a logical explanation as what's to happening out there. But ghost hunters are generally in it for the thrill. If you get somebody that wants to be a ghost hunter, I won't take them on iGroup. I'll send them elsewhere, say, go talk to these people. It's just they're just wanting to go into a haunted location and experience something. You know, you can do that on tours, walking tours. Um, you know, uh, Lake Geneva's got a couple, of course. Uh, a good friend of mine, she runs a tour down in Chicago, Ursula Bilsky. There's been things that have happened. Richard Crow that passed away in 2012, he was, he was the granddaddy of them all. You know, he was started that in 1972 as a one-time only and turned into a very successful business until he passed away. But it's ghost stories. You know, you're getting your ghost stories, you're trying to get your cheap thrill. You're not really looking at things as logical, uh, perspective of things in life. You're just walking around in the dark, scaring each other, trying to drum something up. We, uh, we definitely don't fall into that category. You know, we never have, never will. It's just not our, our style. So with, with the investigations we do, we always get permission. That's one of our biggest things. So if we were to come to here and basically to the opera house, we would have to get permission. There may be a fee, there may not be a fee. If there's a fee that, and we're willing to pay it, we'll pay the fee to come do the investigation. But we're asking permission to come in and do it. Ghost hunters are usually the trespassers, not all of them. You know, cemeteries, I love cemeteries. I know you guys have been to uh, cemeteries. Yes. <laughs> you get great images. You could have fun, but we don't go in there after hours unless we have permission. Ghost hunters are the ones you generally read about that, are, hey, so-and-so is arrested at you know, White Cemetery off of Cuba Road. It happens. <laughs> it it gives the groups a bad name, and it, it makes it very difficult for people that are trying to get into the field of paranormal investigating or well-established ones into locations because of these individuals. And it's a very small percentage, but it happens. Oh, where, oh, I don't even, I wasn't even following. No problem. <laughs> um, where, we just skip down the bottom. Oh, bottom? Yeah. Um, about debunking? Is that where yeah. you want me to go? go okay. Debunk. Go debunk. Um, go into debunk. Okay. Um, so, well, this is kind of conglomerate. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, in the process of 
quote unquote debunking. We don't go in um, expecting to find anything. We go in with the intention of finding an alternate cause. Um, if we happen to come out of that investigation with data that suggests otherwise, then we come out of that invest investigation with that. Um, we generally go in, um, like I said, with EMF detectors, everything we can under our belts to try and explain what is going on um, for people. Um, and like I said, we, we don't collect evidence. We don't like the word evidence either. <laughs> um, we like the word data. Um, because it's an unprovable science, you can't have evidence, you can only have data. So, um, anything else you want to add to that one? We're good with that. Okay. <laughs> you know, again, it's just, with debunking, you know, we look at things logically. You know, pictures, you know, I've, since I've got useless toilet paper that hangs on the wall, um, I'll look at a lot of the images. You know, we'll try debunking. Um, we've had, and then there'll be a couple photos popping up that, the women saw something in this photo and the guys were like, mm, no, we're not looking at it. With the exception of Jeremy, he's like, no, because basically he, he works, con <laughs> works contracting. So he's seen something else that a lot of us didn't mm -hmm. really see. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm on the fence about it. But I'll look at those. You know, I've got audio text that, you know, know what to listen for. If it's a, a click on uh, an audio recorder, battery going, you know, going dead on it, they'll pick up the minute little changes in that. Everyone kind of throws in their, their two cents in the group. And what we do is when we come down to, again, not using the word evidence, but using data, we'll have everyone listen to it. We won't compare notes. We'll have everyone look at things, don't compare notes until the very end of it. And then it's a group discussion. If most of the members say, hey, we think we see something here, okay, we'll present that to the homeowner or business owner. If everyone says, we don't think there's anything in here, you know, it's garbage, of course, we'll keep it. We'll show it to the homeowner, let them make their own decision. But we don't convince the homeowner business owner of what we're seeing or what we're not seeing. You know, if you want to see something bad enough, you're going to see it. If you want to hear something, you're going to want to hear it. With us, we keep a very open mind. And when it comes to debunking, if we hear we're on the, the basement, we hear something on the second floor, we're going to try to go back to replicate it. We want to know what's going on. So we need to try to figure out what's causing this. A lot of times it's AC units or heaters kicking on. There's something that's in the vent. Maybe a child dropped a little toy or something that's light enough that when the air starts circulating through the vents, it's going to cause some type of noise. Rodents, you know, uh, cold leaks by windows. Mm -hmm. it, it happens. So We have had run-ins with nasty raccoons as well. So <laughs> Trash pandas. <laughs> Trash pandas. You're going into an attic expecting to find nothing and there's a raccoon staring at you. You know, it's... You know, <laughs> who watches the shows on TV? For shame. <laughs> so what you see on TV is not what truly happens. A um, few of you guys were in here earlier. You kind of heard us not so much bad mouthing, but kind of dogging a couple groups, uh, not by name, uh, but the shows themselves. If you want a successful TV show, you've got to do something for the ratings. The non-successful shows, such as Ghost Labs, that was on for two seasons, they refused to compromise their integrity for the almighty dollar. The uh, paranormal cops that ran on the A&E, uh, I know the guys personally. First of all, it was to the wrong network. A&E should never have had that show. Second of all, they're still active police officers. So if they would have faked something on TV, the way our court system is, they would have been called into court on one of their cases and say, well, you faked something on TV. How do we know you didn't plant something on that, on that perpetrator? 
So if you're not willing to compromise yourself, these shows don't work. Um, lot the, the different devices you see on TV, the ever popular flashlight trick. If you know anything about electronics and heat, now things contract and then shrink. That's what these mag lights do. So having it in that on-off position, if it heats up enough, it's going to set that flashlight off. The, sight, the light itself has a safety device built into it. If it gets too hot, it powers itself down. Now your light's off. Repeat process, wash and rinse. It happens. But they show you this is legit to them and no common sense is used. So we do tell people, you know, we'll have the devices for the ADD impaired that come in that want us to do an investigation. We have the blinky lights. We have every little shiny device you want to see that you've seen on TV. We choose not to use it because a lot of these devices, they are designed for a specific thing in life. We're trying to manipulate these devices to be used in a field that can't be proven or disproven. So every day when we go on to investigation, we're taking these devices and we try manipulating it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, we'll try something else. If we can use it in uh, correlation with different devices just as backup, we will. One of the biggest meters that you see on the market is called the tri-field meter. And you see these guys walking around with it in hand. You can't use those as handheld devices. The needle moves every time you move. It's ridiculous. But new TV shows are coming out, all five of them. Every single one of them is using tri-field meter. It's like, oh, the meter's moving. Yeah, if you move your hand back and forth, the needle's going to move. <laughs> so. It even works with the ones with the lights, too. Yes. So if it's a tri-meter with a light that goes up and down, if you're moving your hand, that light's going to go up and down. It's, it's, you can get up there and shake it, and you'll watch it go like this. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> one, one of the biggest ones that was out there was the K2 meter. And the K2 meter, we didn't play a practical joke at the Fox Lake Library a few years ago, but we proved people how easy it is to deceive them. I was 30 feet away with one of our walkie-talkies. Ron was standing up front. He started getting a response on the K2. I'm 30 feet away with the walkie-talkie keying up, and that thing was going full blast. And we told people, we're not trying to play a practical joke on you. We're showing you that these devices cannot be used. It's just it's a, a device that really can't be used in that field. So going to local haunts, who's actually gone out to some of the locations, maybe Lake County, McHenry County, Kenosha County? You've gone out Halloween or maybe before, after? Anybody ever go cemetery stomping? We're not gonna report you to the police, no. so. <laughs> we, we don't care. So one of the biggest ones is Cuba Road. You've got a lot of stories about White Cemetery, a um, limousine from the 1950s that'll chase people down, kids coming out of the cemetery. These stories have been around for years. You know, it's um, every October you got, I don't want to say hundreds, so we'll say dozens of kids going out to the cemetery, stomping around. Cops are out there in force. You've got some great stories out that way. Um, you've got Rainbow Road where you have the limousine that will usually chase you down from an old silo to White Cemetery, and then it completely disappears. There's also a story about an old hearse that's horse-drawn on a particular night close to Halloween that if it sees people out there, the horses will run you down. It's ridiculous. Nobody knows really where these stories came from. Um, if you take a look at a lot of the folklore and the different ones we'll be talking about, you'll actually figure it out. Most of these stories got started back in the 1940s and 1950s from keeping kids from going out parking. You know, the, the hook on the, uh, the door handle. There's all different types. 
but it was really to put fear in the kids. Uh, it was also started uh, to really keep people from trespassing. You know, they figured if people are, are skittish enough and religious enough, it might keep them out of the cemeteries after hours. Um, but as we've gotten older and our society's changed over the years, it's kind of more of a thrill-seeking for a lot. Oh, the ever-popular oh, gate. gate. <laughs> I grew up in Libertyville, so I, I grew up listening to this tall tale, as I'm going to call it. Um, so the way this story goes is there's a gate. Um, I believe it's off of Bradley Road. Am I correct? Bradley River Road. Yeah, River Road. River Road. River Road um, that on certain specific nights, if you were to drive up to it, you would see decapitated heads on the gate. And the story goes that there used to be a school, and legitimately it did used to be a school, but the story was that a janitor at the school went insane and killed everybody and put their heads on the gate. Um, obviously that is not true. You can look it up. There is nothing to that extent. Um, but as a kid, yes, did I go to the gate? Of course I did. Um, <laughs> um, but again, that's just another one of those um, stories that I believe came about because they didn't want people trespassing. Because um, if you go out there, it's literally just an old wooden gate, and there's a field behind it. Um, yeah, it butts up against uh, Independence Grove. Right, yes. Um, and Independence Grove is a forest preserve. They don't want you trespassing in the forest preserve after hours. So. There's also a guy that has multi-million dollar thoroughbreds, and he yes. doesn't want people messing around with the horses. So <clears throat> back in the late 80s, early 90s, kids were going out there with paintball guns and tagging the horses. And they were telling the cops, hey, we were by the gate. So there was a little movie that came out, one of the very first ones of uh, Blair Witch. Anybody ever see the original one? Okay. So when that movie came out, Ursula Bilsky interviewed three kids. And all these three kids end up sitting there saying, when they got arrested by the police department for trespassing, they all witnessed something out there. And they all attributed to Blair Witch saying there was basically Blair Witch style at the gate. Three kids later on in life, in about 2009, I interviewed two of them, which are now Lake County Sheriffs, said, nah, nothing ever happened. Since we got arrested, we were gonna have fun. I don't know how these kids ever made it to the county sheriff level. <laughs> it happened. Uh, I, the third one I was, have a theory, but you yeah. know. <laughs> the third one said she thought they experienced something out there but she wasn't too sure because the two guys were kind of messing with her. But she said it was an eerie feeling. Thing is, if you're walking in a forest preserve, there's no light pollution, your mind's gonna wander in many different directions. And you've got lightning bugs and everything else flying out there and wildlife, so you don't know what you're experiencing. But it's always a good thrill. I don't think there's anything else really about that. Nah. No. But that's the picture of the gate. Uh, a few years ago, I was intervi interviewed by a newspaper, and if you actually pull it up, they've got some gate. I don't even know where they got the picture of. Yeah, it's it. it it's all oh, it the wooden gate by the, uh, by the farm. By yeah, by out by the farm. It's not the actual gate. It's the one that's closer in. But this is the gate. <laughs> Leads right into the forest preserve. Uh, the school itself, when it closed back in the 1970s, if you do walk back there into Independence Grove off of River Road, you'll find old lockers. You will find old foundations to buildings, but that is all you're going to find that was left of the school. I mean, it is called the Old School Forest Preserve, yeah. so, I mean. <laughs> Do you want to take this one? No. Oh. <laughs> so, the family, if you look at the name, if you think about soft rinks, you'll recognize the name. 
Uh, moved into Lake Forest. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous mansion. And there's a lot of weird history that came behind this. So there were three suicides that took place in this house. Nobody really knows why the suicides took place. Uh, there was one story that circulated around for many, many years. Um, I actually asked a lot of the Lake Forest cops back then about it, because my dad was a Lake Forest firefighter. Jeremy and I were both with Nolwood Fire Department, so we even heard some of the stories at the uh, fire department itself, that there was a handprint that they were er never able to clean off of one of the glass windows up there. Yeah. I actually worked in that too. Did you? Yeah, okay. Nobody knows why, you know, but again, it's a house. Is it your psyche kind of playing on you because you know the backstory? Uh, the family never went bankrupt. You know, that's one of the big things like uh, the Paps family down in St. Louis, you know, where they had, you know, these suicides that took place is because they thought the beer was going to be, you know, because of prohibition, they thought they were going to lose their, their millions. And they really didn't, but there were suicides that took place over something so petty as prohibition. But with Schwepp, there was no real reason why there was suicides that took place. They never lost their money. There was really no tragedy in the family except these suicides. So again, you know, it could be medical disorders that took place or they were just fed up. No actual hauntings actually took place except for that alleged handprint that would never leave the glass. Talked to a lot of the cops, they could never verify it. Uh, there was one picture that they did have that the handprint was up there. Uh, but that picture has now been out of circulation for such a long time, nobody really knows. Periodically, you will find a picture, if you pull this story up, of a handprint that was on the glass, but it's actually a handprint that was from a, uh, a Chicago firehouse, from a Chicago uh, firefighter that actually died. But his handprint was on this glass for many, many years. They could never wipe it off until some kids walked by through a rock, broke that window. So the picture you may find that's associated with that is actually the Chicago Firehouse one. You go for okay. this one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my passions is um, the Prohibition. Uh, if anybody knows my car, I got Al Capone one. I've got a tattoo of Capone. I love the gangster history. So of course, Fox Lake, just like anywhere else in Lake County, if Abraham Lincoln didn't stay at that house in Lake County, it was all Al Capone. Really, Fox Lake was more, there was some sites where Capone did hang out, but it was primarily Bugs Moran and the Northsiders. But everyone's got their history about the gangsters. Everyone wants Capone or Lincoln to be here. But Prohibition like in Fox Lake, since it was so rural, it was an easy way to avoid the cops. Cops wouldn't go over a county line. So if they got out of Cook County, they're up here in Lake County in farm country. They weren't here, they'd come out to McHenry County, even get further away. So the farther they went west, you were out in the sticks. Cops didn't know anything about this because they were city boys. They come out here, they'd get lost in a cornfield. So Fox Lake was a perfect hangout. There was swimming, there was boating, prohibition. Almost any bar that's in Lake County that's been around since at least the 1940s, if you take a look into the property of that building itself, it'll go back to the 1920s, back to the teens, if not earlier. A bar that I used to bartend at, the Irish Mill, was actually a gangster hangout back in the 1930s. From there, it was a German sympathizers during World War II for the Nazis because Diamond Lake was actually German. Fox Lake, you had a good healthy dose of the Irish. 
and the Germans. So you had all types of gangsters hanging out this way. So with this particular house, uh, which has actually been converted over, this was known as the Fox Lake Massacre. And what it was, it was basically payback, as far as they were concerned, for St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It was Bugs Moran getting his payback on the Southsiders. The house itself has been converted over to a funeral home. It was a private residence and went back to a funeral home. Getting in there to do investigation, nearly impossible. They just don't want people coming around nosing around. And again, that's why we go back saying that we ask for permission. Um, side note, our vehicles, they're not marked, so we don't roll up on people and they know what we're doing. If people want us to tone things down, I'll tell the investigators, do not wear our shirts. Simple as that. We'll come in, jeans, whatever they want. Um, we respect the privacy. So the same thing with businesses. If they don't want the notoriety of something going on there, we'll tone it down. We just will not come in with that stuff. But with the house itself, they were having, you know, there were gunshots, there were bullet holes in the wall, in the foundation that, we f uh, that were uh, found out there. Um, when I actually did a walk of the property, it was not allowed to investigate. They did show us some stuff up in the attic. There were bullet holes through the floorboards that they ended up putting drywall, of course, but you could see where the actual holes were. Kind of followed the path of line. We found some lead that was actually stuck in some of the rafters. So was it actually gangster related? We don't know. Was somebody shooting firearms in there? Yeah. But again, Fox Lake, anywhere around the lakes, Mineola Lake was another big thing. Uh, you have the Mineola, which is the Lake County's largest freestanding wooden structure. It's been con condemned by the state. You can't even get in there anymore. They used to have the bar open. Uh, they go get food. It wasn't too bad. Uh, they'd have some memorabilia from the gangsters. Um, Ursula, she uh, does tours when she goes up that way. She'll actually have the bus parked outside, will not go onto the property. The last two times she's done that, from what you're saying, the cops have been called. The owners, Peter and Paul, do not want people on that property anymore. Nobody knows why. They're not doing anything wrong because the marina's right there. I guess they just don't want the notoriety. Uh, well, and I also would think insurance purposes, if that roof caves in, I mean. Yeah, but they were in the parking lot. Oh, that's that, true. That I was, mean, I guess that's true. That yeah. was the, the, the thing that threw everyone off. For $2 million, $2 million, about five years ago, he was trying to sell the property on eBay. To get that place renovated, according to the state of Illinois, just shy of $20 million. One brother wants to sell it, the other does not. Makes no, no sense whatsoever. But it is a great location. If you get a chance, drive by the Mineola. If you could picture what that was back in its heyday, they had a bar that was 100 feet long. I would love to have seen that during Prohibition. <laughs> it, would, it would have been phenomenal. <coughs> Chain of Lakes, you know, again, you had Al Capone that was hanging out that way. You know, again, he was reported to own a lot of property around Bluff Lake, out off Gages Lake Road in Antioch. We did an investigation at a bar. It was uh, called Southern Star. I'm not even too sure what it's called anymore. Who's watched the show and you, you hear that stupid, annoying radio going, cycling through all the stations, a spirit box? I'm not a firm believer in those, but I will sit here and say that I did not know what the name of the lake was behind us. And when we asked the spirit box what the name was, clear as day, it said Bluff Lake. I had to look at the owners because they want pale white. And I said, what's the problem? They go, the name of the lake is Bluff Lake. We asked again, how many women were in the, the, uh, the building with us. It said five, there was five women. 
we asked how many males, it said seven. There was five. So we don't know if the other two were the spirits or not. We asked other questions. We got no other type of response. If we were smart, we would ask if Al Capone owned it because, again, it's two sisters were saying that was Capone's property. We have no proof to it, but Chain of Lakes is another great location to find the old gangster history and, and different things that would happen out there that a lot of people aren't aware of. Like I said, they've all heard Lincoln lived here, Lincoln stayed here, Lincoln debated here, and then everyone wants the gangster history. It's a little more entertaining than some presidents. Who's ever heard of St. Pat's Cemetery? Okay. Have you ever experienced anything out there? Oh, you haven't? Okay, but you've heard of the cemetery. Okay. So this is a wonderful hangout for teenagers, drunks, heroin users. I was going to say drug addicts. Drug addicts. <laughs> there's an old Boy Scout camp that's not too far from there. There's an old pool, so they would go down there. But back in the 1960s, it was the heyday for devil worshipers up in Lake County. You know, there were some out this way off of, um, I know it's in Kenner. I just can't think of the name of the road right now. It'll come to me. But Lake County had a huge influx of devil, devil worshipers in the late 60s and the early 70s. So St. Pat's Cemetery was a good hangout for them. One of the most famous stories is Mary Worth or Bloody Mary. Not to be confused with Mary, Queen of the Scots. That not the one the where it's blood. not the one about turning in the mirror. It's a different one. Yes. <laughs> so Mary Worth was an actual person out in Gurney. She lived off of Old Wagon Trail Road, which is Dilly's Road which is also turns into Old Mill Creek Road. She had property not too far from St. Pat's Cemetery. During the American Civil War, her property was a part of the Underground Railroad, but she was actually known to send slaves back, so she was the reverse Underground Railroad. She also dabbled in the black arts, the way the story goes. Everyone pretty much in Gurney, even though it wasn't really a settlement, for the most part, kind of overlooked what she was doing but they did get fed up with finding dead bodies. And what ended up happening was basically a vigilante group took her off her property and hung her on a, tr a tree not too far from the property itself, which is not far from the cemetery. At this point, the story goes two different ways. One says she was buried somewhere on her property. Two, she's buried in the cemetery itself with a simple grave marker that says Mary. There is a grave marker out there, no last name. It just simply says Mary. Anybody knows the stretch of Gurney out in that way, the Onan family that has the gold pyramid end up having a major gold strike. That's why it's known as the gold pyramid. The gold he found coated that pyramid. He also had the only record strike of a pure water source out there, so he's got his bottled water out there. When he bought the property, he was going to develop it where her alleged property was. He found an old field stone. The old field stone itself was removed from this property. Just like previous owners that had this, houses started burning down. Onan lost millions of dollars. He heard the story, put the stone back. He started again gaining his millions back. Developers came in, removed the stone, had some houses built not too far from there. Those houses burnt down. Houses rebuilt, houses burned down. Heard the story, put the field stone back, houses are still there. There's now basically a nursery out there. When I was doing an interview with a couple different cable networks, we went up to where the tree used to stand, or the alleged tree. We showed them where it was. The camera crew that was out there with us, their cameras stopped working. 
I have no idea why. Of course, they're blaming the tree. They're blaming the witch. One of the other stories with Mary Worth is that she is seen again on your moonless nights, walking the cemetery, walks across the street, trying to find the field stone where she's actually buried. I've been out there countless times. The only thing you ever encounter are usually Lake County Sheriffs and telling you to leave the property. But again, it's just a good folklore story for the area. With Mary Worth, she was actually torturing and mutilating slaves' bodies. That's why the vigilantes actually went after her. She also supposedly had ties with the Mother Rudd home in Gurney, which was a stagecoach stop between here and Milwaukee. There's no evidence of that, but that's a story that's been circulating around that she was in cahoots with the people at that particular stop because they were also a part of the Underground Railroad. The next stop up, if you know the Gurney area, is where the McDonald's is at, at 41 and Delaney. There was a stop there. The next one was Mary Worth's property. Nobody can prove that the Mother Rudd home in that particular location had any ties with her, but that story is still circulating. Oh, going the wrong way. That's why I <laughs> see a problem. Uh, that's why. That's yeah. Why. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Volo Antique Mall. Okay. Um, it was Ghost Lab that was there, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you guys have ever seen the short-lived TV show Ghost Lab, um, they went to the Volo Auto Museum. Um, the Volo Auto Museum is not just an auto museum. Um, they also have an antique mall. Um, and the building itself is kind of rickety if you go up in there. You, you know, there's soft spots in the floor. More than uh, rickety. <laughs> it's a little more than rickety. It's a little more than rickety. Um, so in this mall, um, there's obviously, there's shadow men, things moving back and forth. There's been sightings of, you know, what people call phantom animals, dogs, cats, whatever. Um, and in particular, as you see in the picture, this doll that just randomly moves. Um, <laughs> um, there's also um, soldiers that have been seen there that are not living. Um, <laughs> Civil War soldiers. Um, all of it's unexplained um, to the extent of, well, it's an antique mall. Obviously, there's old stuff there. Things happen. Um, that's my take on it. <laughs> so the Civil War soldier that's been seen there is, um, his last name is Bonner. So he's got a lake named after him, the family. He's also got the property out in technically Lindenhurst on uh, basically Stern School Road. Uh, we start getting to Lindenhurst over on the right-hand side, there's the Bonner Farm. But it is related to the family out in Wakanda. Um, one of my investigators that was not able to make it tonight, she's actually down with walking pneumonia. If you saw the TV show when they did Volo, they, there was a particular chair that where they would see the shadow person hanging around. Erin owns the chair. She bought it for 40 bucks. <laughs> she has not seen anything with this, but you know she's got a little bit of the history on that. And when I talked to the Kling brothers, they were actually dumbfounded that auto, or the uh, Volo Auto Museum and Antique Mall actually sold the chair. I've been trying to get in touch to see if they still got the doll. Uh, if they've got it, I told them I'd be willing to pay about 300 bucks for it. Last time I was in there, I didn't see it, but that doesn't mean they don't have it. So, <laughs> so the doll itself has been seen different parts of the antique mall itself. It's a barn. There's five floors. 
And when I say it's beyond rickety, you can be on that fifth floor and you're actually feeling it sway. It's the weirdest it's experience. Very, it, it's very, it's, yeah. you feel like you're gonna fall through the floor. I'm not even joking, so. <laughs> so one of my favorite locations, oh, yes. and we were the only group that actually did the investigation here, was Liberty Tattoo at 901 Main Street in Antioch. I knew the owners. Um, they are dear you knew a couple of, of the yeah. artists. I'm close friends with the owners themselves. Yep. Caitlin's friends with them. Um, for years, there were stories of some type of activity that took place in this building. And it was always a male entity that did not like women. When Eric and Mandy bought the studio, or bought the location, there was a door, and it was basically a glass pane door. And the owners at the time said, hey, be careful, don't lean up against it, that's glass. It's like, well, why would you paint glass? Well, to keep the ghosts from looking at us. And Eric and Mandy are like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, if you know anything about Eric and Mandy, they are the c complete skeptics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when they were remodeling, getting it ready for a tattoo studio, uh, if you ever saw the cheesy, um, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, Can we please talk about it, please? So. I don't even remember <laughs> what was it. It was it was it was on um, Destination America. It's yeah. paranormal uh, encounters Survi or survivors. Paranormal survivors, yes. season two, episode two. Um, we were all interviewed, and it was the farthest, far-fetched, worst acting on their parts up in Canada. Uh, yeah, hey there. Um, <laughs> but. It, it did cover some aspects of it. So when Eric, Mandy, and everyone else was involved remodeling, cutting tile, um, anybody that's been around construction knows it gets dirty. You get drywall dust, you get all types of dust. They walked in the next day and on the display counters that you have at a counter, there were footprints on top of the glass. Couldn't figure out why. It was happening on a regular basis. Clean it up, next day they come in, there are footprints. Eric Manny couldn't figure it out. Get the studio open. I was actually invited since I was already doing investigations. Eric Manny's like, hey, you want to come in on Halloween night and do this? I'm like, yeah, okay, Oh, Halloween. yeah, you betcha. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, nothing better. Um, but we got in there, and we did encounter some weird anomalies that were taking place. Problem was there were so many of the artists that were around because it was a Halloween thrill for them. Um, I asked Eric and Mandy if I was able to come back and do a, a proper investigation. They said, absolutely. We've gotten EVPs where there was a little girl saying, he's coming up the stairs. There was no little girls in there. We did know upstairs neighbors, if they flushed the toilets, we heard it in the basement. But we had to work around that. There was always a report, and I think Eric Mandy called the spirit Lloyd. I, I, that sounds I, I right, yeah. I think it was yeah. Lloyd they called him. He would mess with the women to no end. Lissy, their daughter at the time, I think she was like 10. She would not go into the basement. Jeremy and I both know a, a tattooist. He was in the martial arts, big boy, nothing scares him. Only thing that scares him is actually reality. Horror movies, he giggles through it. Nick would not go into that basement. I was just about to ask, is this Nick? Yes. <laughs> Nick was one of the biggest candy asses when it came downstairs to get any supplies. I'd go down there. I will sit there and say, there were days you can go down there and you can see the other end of the basement, no problem, even with the lights off. And other days you'd go down there, it was a heavier feeling and it looked like somebody dropped a black curtain. You couldn't see more than three feet. I was always comfortable down there. I was not. This particular picture, <laughs> it's hard to see, but right, 
My laser pointer's not working. Oh, there it is, right in there. That white thing up there is actually an IR light. There's a tripod below it. But there's some form of anomaly that we captured that was standing behind it. We don't know what it is. All the investigators were accounted for. There was only two investigators, Eric and Mandy. We were all standing there with each other. We all saw this with the human eye. I was able to capture on, on film. Well, digital, I should say. We don't know what it was. it was. It was interesting. Had a series of pictures after that where it got pretty much in front of the IR camera and started crouching down and disappeared. We have no idea what it was. But in the studio itself, there was artwork or flash for people to have tattoos on the wall. We'd actually see the pages flip. There was no wind. There was no fan. We had no idea what was causing that. I was just sitting there dumbfounded watching this. Again, me being a skeptic, I'm sitting there scratching my head. I'm thinking, all right, the AC's got to be on. I'm looking at the ceiling fans. Shit, fans aren't on. What's going on? We couldn't explain it. We, there was disembodied voices we would hear. The women definitely heard the voices. Mm -hmm. You'd have cold spots for no apparent reason. You'd be walking the basement, and the basement itself was probably about maybe 70, 72 degrees. It was comfortable. Getting to particular parts of that basement, and it felt like you were walking into a deep freezer. No explanation. Walk away from it, you're back fine. Um, I'm not a huge, I can feel things coming on. But down in that basement, I'd be walking around, and all of a sudden, the hair is standing up on the arms. I'm like, okay. Couldn't figure it out. I've had it happen maybe once or twice. Uh, but down in that basement, hit certain areas, things go up. So my next response was, all right, let's check the EMFs here. EMFs were a normal level, so we couldn't explain it. Um, there was a mysterious patch in the basement. Uh, it was dug up, and anybody knows uh, stories about Pogo the Clown or John Wayne Gacy? kind of dates back to that time because there were two pharmacies in downtown Antioch that he was working in. 901 Main Street used to be a pharmacy at one time. I had a chance to go in there with ground penetrating radar. Problem with that is if they would have run the GPR on that and found some type of anomaly and dug, it would have been an active crime scene. It would have found something. It would have been a crime scene. Yeah. And Eric Mandy would not have been happy with me. No. Mandy probably would have. She would have had something hanging from the wall. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it was something that, you know, we were very curious about. You know, it just do we or don't we? And they did ponder about that for a while. So they just kind of let the story go. Uh, the new location or the new business that took over will not allow people to go into the basement. Even though I've talked to them, they know I was down there. They just don't want the reputation or thrill seekers coming by to take a look. Um, paranormal group that both Jeremy and I know, I know Randy knows a little bit about them, might have had some encounters. Antioch will do basically a hunt the town. They'll do a huge paranormal event. They'll have a lot of locations. The um, main guy, Aaron, allegedly offered them a good sum of money to go in there and they denied it. So we don't know if there's some validity behind what we saw and what the other owners have witnessed or what, but we do know that they are not letting anybody into that location for any type of investigation itself. Um, and when we did it, we were allowed to go into businesses on the right and the left, but not allowed to go in the basement. I'm just sad we can't go down there anymore. <laughs> I was actually comfortable. <laughs> I so these two photos, again, you kind of see a little bit right in there, and then this is kind of a blown up. 
something that it appears to have a figuresque look to it, kind of crouching down. It could be a trick of the eyes. It could be a trick with the IR lights. But even the people that we had at the newspaper take a look at it, um, I shoot digital when I do. I shoot it in RAW. So when I gave them the images, they were actually saying, okay, well, it wasn't layered. They saw exactly what I shot. They had the original images. They compared all the metadata, the mm -hmm. metadata and realized I didn't do anything to these images. I had a couple of those guys stumped too. I'm not saying one way or the other. It's just something neat that we were able to pick up. Well, and I've been in that basement as well when we were filming. And uh, I mean, I, I saw it too. It, it, like you can see it with the naked eye it's and it's unexplainable it it's a random shadow that you shouldn't be able to see in a dark basement it's it's very weird so this was an undisclosed location we did two couple months ago two months ago yeah end of um, june yeah we had um four investigators the business owner his wife i think it was her sister her sister and, and their dad her dad yeah all of us stayed together. All of us experienced what's listed up here, that we had intellectual, basically intellectual haunting that was going on. I asked the EMF detector, or the spirit, or whatever you want to call it, to drop it down to a particular range. It did it. To an exact number. Couldn't yeah. figure it out. It started off with cold spells, and one, you know. Uh, I was in the corner, and I Katie felt it, yeah. was a huge skeptic, too, and she's like, why do I have something cold behind me? So I said, hey, is the AC on? What's going on? It's like, there's no power. There's no AC. What you see is what you get. And so I mean, I it was a hot night. It was like it was like 85 degrees in there that night. So we shouldn't have been feeling cold. Yeah, and when <laughs> we're saying cold, it was chilly. I mean, yeah. you felt it. No explanation. So we got them up there with us because they were down a flight of stairs. They were experiencing this. They couldn't explain why they were feeling it. Uh, he was actually into construction and demolition, so he was looking for some logical explanation. He couldn't figure it out. Windows were open, but it was a hot night, so there was no cold or chilly air coming through. I asked on two separate occasions for the EMF to go to 27.5 or 27.0. It did it. So being the man of my word for a short period of time, he said, we'll leave you alone. We went and checked out a couple other areas of the building. Nothing was going on. I'm like, well, hell with this. Let's go back up there where we had the activity and see what we can drum up. This picture here is just kind of more of a controlled, and of course you see our little, little enemies right there <laughs> and there. But Jeremy, on this particular photo, was it this one or the next one? No, it's the next, next well, one. Did you not put it on no, there? No, it should be on there. It's I guess not. not. It was just here. So on this one, <laughs> there was something that was, it tells you I was doing this real late last night, had a problem with the computer. Um, there was some type of anomaly that popped up. When the women were actually seeing it, they said, oh, it looks like. I think I was the one that sent it to you. Because I was like, because yeah. I, I am a super skeptic when it comes to that kind of thing. I'm like, it looks like a figure. And I, I showed it to actually my dad who, if you even mention the word spirit or ghost, he'll laugh in your face. And he goes, yeah, I can't explain that either. So I sent it to the group, and that's where everybody was kind of on the fence. It got heated. Yeah, it did get a little bit heated. <laughs> we had to say, calm it down. Calm it down. <laughs> calm your tits. Contact me direct. We're not going to discuss this. You know, it, it, 
and unfortunately, you know, when people have strong opinions, it happens. And the good thing is with the group, everyone is thick-skinned. Uh, so if there's any Susie snowflakes out there, my condolences to you. Um, but we are thick-skinned. So, you know, if somebody tells somebody, hey, this is what I think it is, okay, great. Well, you're wrong. We'll bicker back and forth, but there's no hard feelings. You know, everyone wants to get their point across. Um, and, you know, sometimes we might see something that the other person doesn't, and then others, you know, are on the flip side of it. But it was weird because Jeremy's into construction and he's saying, you know, dust shouldn't travel on a particular pattern like that. Drywall dust. Um, the, big, a, the biggest thing was, which I wish you had the pictures, but it actually, the dust actually formed a big. Yeah, it looked like it was settling onto somebody, but is kind of what it looked like. No electric, no air, no circulation in the house. Dust doesn't just do that, it has to have something to do with you. Yeah, I wish you had the picture. It, it might, <laughs> might be on the thumb drive. Um, and if it, if, it, if it had electricity, air, and stuff like that, you could just say it was blowing around. Okay. But with none of that, it's hard to, hard to disagree. Yeah. Uh, has anybody heard of uh, Woodstock Opera House? <laughs> Not too sure. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, you know, where's that again? Yeah. So... There are many, many stories about this. Who knows the stories? Okay. There's a few, depending on which one you want to believe and everything else. So one of them was beautiful actress. You know, she decided to jump to her death because she didn't get a lead position in a ballet. There's another story about her being Elvira. Uh, you know the name. She hung herself in the bell tower. And, you know, also where kind of famous actor kind of jumped to his death in a movie. Um, you know, again, you know, these are stories that have circulated. The funny thing is, they're pretty much, nobody knows if they're true or not, but a newspaper article that came out in the 1970s said it was legit. People have witnessed this. I actually giggled when I actually found the newspaper article. I'm like, all right. So I've talked to people here um, at, you know, and I was told the different stories and why they've kind of got circulated. Um, you know, it's ridiculous. People, and there was a particular TV show the two that came to your guys' town um, and they you know went to the, the th seats and they said well there was a spirit in that seat um, I've personally been in there I've never encountered anything I've been to that seat never encountered anything you know is maybe just my luck not finding it because I'm a huge skeptic I don't know but people will sit there and say they'll hear the strange sounds you know in the balcony uh, at post or pre uh, show people will say they'll see a woman up in the attic I think every opera house has had that story because I've done the Rhodey Opera House up in Kenosha. It's almost the same exact story. The Genesee Theater in Waukegan has got a ghost. Theater, same story. It's always a balcony seat. Uh, performers are seeing things out of the corner of their eye. Nobody really knows. Um, speculation, this guy kind of found this not too long ago, but a speculation was made uh, about an upcoming movie that was coming out. I've heard the 1940s, 1960s, so they had to drum up the story to get people interested in it. These opera houses were kind of dying away. They were becoming theaters, but people were kind of losing their interest in that. So a little thing called TV was hitting the market. Not too many people were able to afford TV, but it was another form of entertainment. A lot of people didn't want theaters to go, so what do you have to do to get business? Drum up a ghost story. 
It's either bringing people in or it's going to chase them out, but you're always going to have the curiosity seekers coming in to find out what's going on. But there was a famous director that uh, might have come up with that story. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Orson Welles. <laughs> he had a little, little, little show that was going on here, too, and he was known to be a prankster. He was known to scare people. Um, way before my time, but he did a radio show. And not only were the cops getting called, the military was getting called because <laughs> something to do with UFOs and aliens attacking. It was a shtick, but he scared the hell out of a nation. So is the story of Orson Welles possible with the ghost story here? I would say probably that's where it actually originated from. He was a guy that knew how to scare the hell out of people. But other local haunts, I mean, if, you, if you're looking for yourself uh, to find things, Antioch's a phenomenal location. Any town that's got old history, uh, Antioch had four major fires you know, in its history, four of them within two years. It was ridiculous. It didn't take out the whole downtown area, but there was quite a bit. Um, over the years, we've done you know, five locations that I can actually speak about. Uh, Wooster Lake, there was 13 just around the lake area itself, and the lake's not that big. Lake Forest, there was two. Lake Bluff, Knollwood, where Jeremy and I both grew up. Um, I actually had a uh, activity at a house that I grew up in, and I had a woman contact me, and I scared the hell out of her because I described the house to a T. And she goes, are you a psychic? I'm like, no, I lived in that house. I knew exactly what house she was talking about. I did an investigation on September 12th, uh, 1992. Did an investigation, and I did actually experienced something in the basement. I wasn't really too sure why. She reminded me my dad died September 12, 1982. It was at the time he passed away. I didn't even put two and two together on that one. Uh, it was just weird. Gurney, Lindenhurst, Waukegan, there's been 18 You know, we've done on a regular basis out there. Fox Lake, four. Vernon Hills, three. Ingleside, five. Woodstock, I've probably done about half dozen. Um, you know, you've got Crystal Lake, you've got that little cemetery that there's an uh, area of the cemetery where grass doesn't grow and there's supposedly a girl back in the 1940s that set herself on fire to commit suicide and grass will never grow in this area. Nobody knows why the grass won't grow in that particular spot, but there was no actual proof that anybody committed suicide. Oops. So, we can move on. <laughs> Let's give it up for Bob Jensen and the Ghostland Society. One more time, everybody. Okay. So now we're moving to the Q&A portion of the evening. Question and answer. Yes. That's what yeah. that stands for. This is too tall. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Just, just you. Do your thing. Pop it out of the Can I just take it? Yeah. Can I, just I dare you. There you okay. go. Okay. It worked. No, I got it. Thank you. My motor skills are fine. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Does uh, do we have any questions? We should open up to the audience first. If yeah, you guys have any uh, questions, you want to ask. Anybody have any questions? Come on. Ridiculous as they may be, anything. Anything. Of course. <laughs> 
think it was. I actually think it was a chatty cat. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. A chatty cat. No, he said, let me hand it to you. He did sing. He didn't get up and do a little tap dance. Um, the funny thing is with that particular. Let me hand it to you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, the funny thing is with that particular doll, nobody knows how he's actually traveling around. We kind of speculated, and he actually the Kling brothers did too, is because it was always on a shelf or near the stairs going up to another level. With the building being so rickety, I think it was a lot of foot traffic or even traffic out on uh, the road itself was actually kind of vibrating enough and the doll would just fall. Um, the Brian Graham that runs the auto museum, he already told me about his cousin that runs the flip side for the antique mall, and she's a firm believer. Um, so again, it could be a mouse fart in the basement, it's a ghost to her. So of course, the story of this doll traveling throughout the building, she kind of started it, but the Kling brothers did kind of investigate into it, and then when I've talked to them, I did tell them, hey, if it's sitting at one particular spot and you walk up the stairs or enough vibration, it will fall over. But it's never went from like five feet away. It's always been within inches of where it was at. So was that the doll in the picture? Yes. yes. Yep. And it wasn't in the case normally? No. They would actually have it out. They had the doll actually in the chair for the longest time. All right. It's usually the, it's always, you <laughs> know, yeah, no, absolutely, and that's the way we, we look at it, too. But they were always saying it was after the business closed, they kind of know where they put it. Next day, it's face down or, you know, on its back or whatever. Um, Route 120 is far enough away from there, but some trucks do cruise on old 120, right. which is right in front of it. So is it a possibility? It could be. But the building itself is so rickety that, you know, it could be anything up there. Uh, the ghost dog that they've seen up there, they've even blamed the doll moving from the dog that the dog carried <laughs> into another part of the building. <laughs> ghost by Who proxy. Yeah. Oh my I goodness. don't like that. I wish I didn't know that. I didn't <laughs> know that there was a haunted doll at the, at the antique mall. <laughs> well, it's not. It's at don't your house now. They bought it. <laughs> it's waiting for you in your bedroom now. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. It's in the closet. Underneath no. The oh, yeah. <laughs> God, enough with the doll. Cammy doesn't like dolls. Cammy doesn't like dolls. <laughs> Cammy doesn't so like thanks, dolls. Guys. <laughs> Thank you. Dolls. Thank you, parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> yes, you there. I think we have another question. You there, yeah. sir. That was with the, with, that was the poltergeist one. The demonic one, uh, we actually had to get the Catholic Church involved. So what? once oh, we wow. actually got a professional in that sense to do the exorcism, uh, one of them, they asked me not to be present, uh, just to stay with the homeowners, which I complied. Uh, another one I was involved with, and it was just more of a blessing in the house. I will sit there and say there was a different feel in the house after the blessing. Um, with me, I'm not a religious individual. Um, most of the members, some are, some aren't. So, we, you know, again, it's for every question you will, you know, get an answer for it. It opens up a lot more questions. I will sit there and say it was a heavy feeling for the longest time. 
Uh, but when the, the blessing went through and I did go through with the, the um, basically the uh, priest did the exorcism of the house, there was a lighter feel. Um, I don't know if just the psyche knowing you know, what he was. I tried keeping an open mind. Um, but there, the atmosphere did feel a little different. Um, the baromic meters that we were using at the time, it did register different. So there might be a little validity behind it. It was hot. It was, Whoa. it was hot. Um, have you ever put your hand in hot wax, like a candle wax where you mm -hmm. got that initial burn? Mm -hmm. That's what it felt. I had handprints on my, around the neck. I had another handprint on the back of the neck and at the time I had short hair. This is about nine years worth of growth uh, before nice. it was shorter than his hair. It was always military high and tight. Um, there were visible handprints um, around the neck and on the chest. So, and the only way I could describe is like that initial hot wax feel. Wow. Um, and those handprints were visible for about a good two or three hours. Uh, didn't stop me though. I kept being the idiot that I am going in there. It's like, do it again, you know. <laughs> um, then I got thrown down a flight no. of stairs. So it, there, I had multiple things happen one night. We had a situation where we were walking up to the house. I'm wearing shorts, I'm up front. Um, I had a girl named Melissa that was behind me and a guy named Carrie that was behind her. He was wearing shorts. We walked through an area, the back of her calves were cut wide open. We initially thought thorn bushes or something going up there. She was cut wide open. Go to the hospital oh and of course with Lake Forest, we get the cops called on us because they're seeing two guys and a female and she's bleeding profusely and the cops of course are figuring well we're up to no good and we had to explain to them what we were doing on that property and thank God the homeowner actually answered a phone and she said, no, they were invited on. I can't explain what happens, but it happens on a regular basis to visitors. So she immediately quit. She uh, never stepped foot on the property. Her sister was an investigator with us. Uh, her sister quit too that same night. Um, everything else, it was just kind of weird. It, it would always, I guess, just target me because I was the huge skeptic out of the bunch. Um, since then, uh, the owners passed away. The house is on the market. Most I can sit there and say is it's on Lake Street. It's down by the lakefronts. Um, it had a very interesting past history with the basement, and there was a sub-basement within there, and we found deteriorated newspapers dating back to February 14th and 15th of 1929. We found bottles of Old Loud Cabin whiskey, which was peddled by Al Capone. We found bags of Morgan silver dollars. Mm. Wow. We're not saying one way or the other, but we do know the house was used during Prohibition. But, you know, she always sat there and said it was probably one of Capone's guys, and I always kind of shrieked it off. But she didn't realize when she bought the house, because she was originally born in England, that her great-great-great-grandfather built that house. She never knew it. She was just always attracted to that house. And then when we did the history for her, she goes, well, wait a minute, I'm related. And I guess that's why she felt comfortable on that particular property. Oh, wow. That one, I wouldn't be, I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, not, are you talking on Cuba Road or are you talking on Rainbow Road? Cuba? Okay. Uh, there was, 
I, I personally haven't heard that one about any mass murders on that uh, with a property of a mansion over there. Um, the only stories we ever knew were really the, the uh, cemetery itself, White Cemetery, the, the hearse, the, uh, the old stretch limo. Um, but the actual house I haven't. Is the house still out there? Do you know of? Or it's gone? Yeah, I've, I'll definitely check into it. But yeah, I haven't really heard that one. Have any of you? I mean, I've heard stories that I thought maybe, but it sounded like somebody I knew personally. Uh, it sounded like somebody I knew personally, um, but I mean, I was alone. It, I'll just, I'll go, I'll come out and say it. I, I grew up in a house with activity, <laughs> um, and it, it sounded like my mom was calling me. Um, I was home alone, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, she's alive. Yeah. yeah my mother is my mo my mother is alive and well. So <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I, I it was unexplainable. I I just talked it off as I had a very active imagination as a child. So I can't. I mean, I was like ten. So I can't say if it was or not. But I do remember it. No? No. Yeah, that's a big no on me, too. So, um, <laughs> didn't know that. So, hey. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> So He's always been the same age <laughs> his entire <laughs> life. He was born 55. Born to mow the lawn. <laughs> There's, there's a couple different <laughs> theories on that. One, it could be a uh, prankster spirit that's just mimicking voices. Um, it can be using the nasty D word um, because some people will sit there and say it's asso associated with demonic entities within the house itself, uh, trying to um, gain your trust. Um, I've heard it happen where it's like been um, voices of past ones, not so much the living. Um, you, you know, when this was going on, I'm, you don't have to answer or not. Was there anything with Ouija boards or table tipping, anything of that nature? Sometimes it's associated with those particular items. Um, with us, when it comes like Ouija boards, we don't buy into the validity of those. I've seen a couple weird things with it, but whatever. Um, there's always been a debate with groups and paranormal, um, the way you, know, you get EVPs. You're asking for some type of experience. Mm -hmm. Some of the devices that you're using, it, you know, is there a difference between a Ouija board and you know, an EMF detector or a metal detector? Some will say yes, some will say no. Uh, we don't use them personally just because of the, 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 uh, the attachment that people have to those things of being evil. Yeah, you know, the newer ones, um, you know, they're heavily waxed. You know, the, the plechant itself has wax feet on it, or I'm sorry, felt feet. It'll slide real easy. Um, I've had the debate with a guy that's got the, one of the largest um, Ouija museums in the nation. Um, he'll sit there and say that they're legit. You know, he's experienced things. He plays around with them. I've seen them used. I, yeah, they're just easily manipulated. But some people say they'll have conversations with voices of loved ones um, that might be across country. 
or in a different state or might be under the same roof and they're not present. And it's usually a spirit that's trying to get your attention and gain your trust. But uh, again, you know, it's a field that we can't prove one way or the other. So, you know, it's, it's just speculation. Your house is the only, the only place I've ever been where I've maybe kind of sort of perhaps believed that <laughs> it might be haunted. Like I'm maybe beginning to think that it could potentially be, you know, because uh, there's, they have said that there's, um, what is it, a man in a white coat outside of your house, um, or do you see it outside or inside? Outside. Oh, you can see it in the reflection. Oh, okay. That's not. That's not. Oh my goodness. That's that's wow. not what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the streaker down the street. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Dan's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dan. Um, Kyle and him have a repertoire. No, I saw like something actually like standing next to your mailbox out of the corner of my eye, and then I looked and it was gone. <laughs> oh. I didn't see it in the reflection, though. I just saw it, like, next to the mailbox. I guess so. Oh, my gosh. I saw, I saw something. I don't know. Maybe huh. it was a, a beam of light or a, a bug, an orb, perhaps. Oh, we don't say, <laughs> we don't say that word after tonight. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, this was yeah. profanity-free. Yeah, I'm we actually have been um, we were we don't chase down networks we don't pitch things to networks we don't want to be involved with it ever again but with that being said, we were confronted by a network, uh, not a network, I'm sorry, a production company that wants to portray um, a paranormal show in a positive aspect. They don't want the fakery. They don't want, hey, you're going to react here because we're going to add a sound bite. Um, we met with them uh, back in June. We actually picked Rose Hill Cemetery. Uh, we kind of walked around. They were actually impressed. Uh, we thought it was dead issue for the longest time because we never heard anything. And we were contacted again, say, hey, my boss is going to be contacting you. So last week I was in touch with an executive producer that sat there and said, we could either, I can stop it now or we can go forward with it. He goes, I've got the final say so. And he goes, we want to go forward with this. And he, one of the questions he asked was, what direction do you want to see the show go? I'm like, you pitched an idea that we want to stand behind. You know, we want to make, you know, we want to show people that, you know, what you see on TV isn't what you get. If we go to a house and there's no activity, we want to show there was no activity. We're not going to do all the little tricks with the flashlights or the, the meters that you can't use by hand. We want to take a look, and I'm not going to use the word scientific, but we want to take a different approach and make it look and show them what we do. You know, our way is not the only way of doing things but we don't want to do things that the other shows are doing that are giving people the false pretense of how to investigate. You know, we also, you know, we talk about, you know, um, showing them, you know, the proper way of doing an investigation. Um, 
I'm not going to name the show, but if anybody watches the show, oh, we'll name see names. A guy. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Do it. <laughs> he'll actually probably, you know, he'll we'll just provoke. We'll you know, <laughs> if you walk in, if you know, if you can communicate with the spirit, if that's, you know, the spirit was a human being at one time. Do you want somebody in your face yelling on a regular basis to get your attention? No, nobody wa like, like nobody wants to be yelled at. You know, if somebody yells no. at me, I'm gonna you know either slap them or give them the big you know one finger wave. No, I don't need that in life. So in the afterlife, you know, I wouldn't want it either. Um, there are certain times that maybe you can try the provocation of yelling or cussing it out or taunting it. But if you're going to get some type of experience, you want to treat it like a human being because it was a human being at one time, or we think it was. So talk to it civil. Uh, a lot of the shows are gone to that point now of just going in there and, and you know, throwing the chest out and demanding, you know, for something to happen. You know, <laughs> if you know, again, if I get back talk to the point of sitting down with an intellectual ghost and find out how do you come back to haunt somebody, I'm going to find these people and I'm going to take care of my way. You know, as a ghost. You know, you want some action? All right, you get a throat punch. You know, <laughs> it's not needed. You know, you want to you want to oh be civil. So we don't know if we're going to pursue the show. We don't know if they're going to pursue us. Um, we do know the guy wants to go forward with it. It's just a lot of baby steps and a lot of hoop jumping. Uh, the big thing is, too, it depends on what network it gets tossed to. You know, A&E is the death of all shows. You know, they put out good shows, <laughs> but you don't make money on those. I've worked um, with a particular show, a season one, <coughs> as an advisor. Got into it with that particular individual I was talking about that does a lot of the provoking right from the get-go. Mm. Claims he was from Illinois, not from Illinois. Uh, has a little museum out in Vegas. Uh, mm. no, that's where we're going to go with that one. Um, Who could it Elvis? be? Elvis? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Pawn Stars? Yeah. Um, yeah, the old man. It's so, um, But yeah, it's... We'll see which way it goes. Um, we would like to see it at least air one season and just kind of get out there and say, hey, you know, what you're seeing there, you know, treat them with respect. You know, if there's time that we have to provoke, we're going to provoke. And the only time I can think of it might potentially be a prison. Ohio State Reformatory is a good one for that. We've had a lot of activity there. Uh, West Virginia Penitentiary, um, Alcatraz. You know, I've been out there a few times in uh, the cell blocks and then uh, solitary confinement where I'm usually happy. Um, it, there's weird feelings out there, so you know if you got to provoke out there, it'd be a great place. But you got to remember, if you're provoking and you get injured, it's your own stupidity. Um, mm -hmm. That's another thing too on the shows that they don't take responsibility for their own actions. You know, it's all oh, so and so's fault. No, you know if it's us doing it, you know, we know it was us, and you know if we have to apologize to whatever, we'll apologize. What? Oh yeah, I'll fight a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will not. I won't fight Kyle, a ghost. I've seen ghost. Kyle throat punch someone. It's <laughs> horrifying. We can we can take you to the clown museum. What? Oh! On <laughs> Vegas. I'm good. You sure? I'm good. I'm down. You gonna I'm take in for my yeah. airfare? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I can do clowns. It's just one big Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a really silly question for you guys. Oh, boy. It's, like, crazy. Watch out. Um, <laughs> have you guys ever been, like, Scooby-Dude, where, like, there's actually a person doing all of this, and you've had to, like, 
Like some guy in the Either basement. Either metaphorically pulling, uh, or literally, like pull a mask off and be like, it's old man withers. I'm not going. No. Is there an actual answer to this? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh my. Yes. <laughs> so the one I'll talk about uh, is actually Waverly. Okay. So we went to Waverly. We mm -hmm. did an investigation there. We paid a good chunk of change to have a private investigation. Uh, our babysitter for the night was a guy that we thought we were going to be able to trust because he was a tour guide there. Uh, he invited in oh about three or four of his buddies, and they oh. decided to go throughout the property, start lighting off firecrackers, start slamming doors. Wow. Um, we ended up finding this. We ended up getting escorted off the property with the police. Uh, ended up taking him to court, and, well, actually the organization, and I got a full refund. Um, I'm technically not allowed back on property because they've been, you know, I've been banned. It wasn't from anything I did, but I went social media and I went local media about that. So it kind of hurt their business for a short period of time. I can imagine. That's, I was not oh, expecting, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no, actual answer to that. So there, there are people out there that are going to try and pull the wool, metaphorical wool over your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, is because of the way we go in and do things, mm -hmm. we, we go in completely skeptical and we're trying to find another answer. So, I mean, it, we're probably not the ones that you want to mess with <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to figure it out because um, yeah. we, we don't scare very easily and that's what they're looking for is for somebody to freak out mm -hmm. and run around and say, scream ghost, which mm -hmm. we don't do. Okay. So, that's yeah. <laughs> The shaggy types. Yeah, there's, yes. there's no dude run with us. You know, it just it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> happen. Well, that would that just makes it makes me want to see the uh, program with you guys on it that much more. <laughs> just because it's it'd be more like real authentic uh, situation. Like that just seems like uh, what the uh, that would be a nice little uh, fresh breath of air into. That's, that's what we're hoping for, I and mean, it'll probably end up being you know uh, maybe a season if that if it truly mm -hmm. does go through. So. We'll yeah, have, cool. you know, that 15 minutes of fame on that and, you know, probably be doing uh, the uh, paranormal circuit for a while. Excellent. If we had to, yes. but, you know, <laughs> it is what it cool. is. Wonderful. Yes. Any more questions? Yeah, does anyone, anyone else have any questions in the audience here? Do any of you have questions? Oh. I've got a couple. <laughs> All right. Lay it on us, Kyle. Um, <coughs> overall, like let's for uh, when it's probably not a ghost or uh, some kind of spirit. Uh, what what does it usually end up being? Like, what's the percentage on like how many raccoons is it? Um, is it if we have to put on a raccoon, like if we do it on a scale. Well, like what what are the most common non-ghost <laughs> solutions? Right. Uh, usually leaky windows with uh, mm. cold air coming in. So we'll have a thermal camera. We'll actually see where there's air leaks coming in. So mm -hmm. on thermal camera, we got different temperature gauges. And nine times out of 10, it's cold air that's being blown in or it's uh, leaky vents or you've got uh, moisture in a wall. Somebody might have, you know, their child might be up against a particular wall and say, well, it's always cold over here. And you take a look at the thermal camera and you actually realize that there's no insulation and there's water damage. Ah. Okay. So, I mean, most of the stuff, I'd say about stripping. 90 to 95% of it we could explain away. Okay. Okay. Excellent, right. excellent. Yeah. Now, uh, you were mentioning some of the equipment that you use uh, earlier in the presentation. Mm -hmm. Is there is there anything specifically that you find you rely on more than the other, or something that maybe seems a little more uh, aims aims truer than than others? Yeah, common sense. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Honestly, it's <laughs> the devices we use. The devices themselves were actually designed for something else in the field. And we're trying to manipulate that device into a field that can't be proven one way or the other. So 
Uh, EMF detectors will use them to find mm -hmm. high EMFs. Audio recorders, if you can capture a voice, fantastic. Uh, the earliest voice that was ever captured was allegedly by Thomas Edison on a wax um, mm -hmm. reel. We don't know because, again, there was speculation that it could have been some, one of his guys talking in the background. Right. Nobody you know, was living back then to really <laughs> dispute it one way or the <laughs> other. Um, cameras are just designed to take pictures. You, know, you can convert a camera into full, um, full color spectrum. You can convert it to IR, which is infrared. You can do deep IR, black and white. So we're taking different color scales, trying to manipulate it to capture some type of anomaly. Um, SLS cameras, if you ever watch the shows, you're starting to get, they're taking the kinetic camera from the old Xbox and they're trying to map out figures uh, that may or may not be happening out there. We've mm -hmm. got one. Um, I'm still very much on the fence about it. It makes you look like a puppet, <laughs> like a puppet <laughs> um, because it maps out basically dots and lines where oh. a person's standing. But I think you guys said when we were at that undisclosed location yeah. in Libertyville, yeah, behind me oh wow okay yeah mm. and again it's a it's a, a device um nope. that's still being used and it's very you know we were using it on a tripod so we know it wasn't the vibrations from a person holding it but with as many people as it was on that floor it could have been shifting that was making it map out it'll grab a 90 degree angle and it'll start mapping at that point so if there's any type of vibration, or if I know there was um, gloss paint on the wall, it could pick up a reflection of somebody from a distance that was reflecting on that paint. We don't know, but when you see them walking around with these cameras handheld, and they're saying, oh, we've got this movement going on, that's caused because of them moving back and forth. Excellent. Very nice. Right. Cool. I'm sorry, Kaylee. I didn't um, know you were back there. I got so scared just now. It's not a ghost. It's Kaylee. <laughs> As it all is. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, is there a place that's ever, like, gotten to you guys more than any other, like, someplace that you guys don't want to go back to or just kind of freaks you out a little? Well, I will go lot. back to Waverly just because the problem. Uh, right. Because you're well, not allowed to. Are you talking, are <laughs> Throw you talking, punches. like, creep-wise? Are you talking, creep -wise, like... Creep-wise, whether or not it was actually, like, Bobby Mackey's. I, wow, I, I, I can't. Wow. I can't do Bobby Mackey's. Um, I just... I took one step in the door and had to walk right out. I, I got like a weird, creepy feeling, and uh -huh. I, I don't ever want to walk back in there. Really? Okay. Yeah. And he sat <laughs> in the well, so I mean, good lord. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I, and I, I don't scare easily, and that's mm -hmm. no, no. Couldn't right. pay me enough. Oh my gosh. Spooky. <laughs> Excellent. All Spooky. Right. I think for me it would probably be um, one of the Ubliesques in Edinburgh Castle. Okay. Um, I was comfortable oh. down there for the most part, um, but you were hearing weird things, and I couldn't really explain it. I mean, it's you know there are no bodies, no no rats, no mm -hmm. nothing down there. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was kind of an eerie feeling. And then after a while, you you got a camera crew you're working with, and these guys decide to play the practical joke of pulling <laughs> the ladder up, and now you're like, all right, you know, a holes, I'm oh. done, let's down <laughs> yeah. here. Um, but for, I think for me is if I'm with people I, you know, I trust wholeheartedly, my investigators, a camera crew, or whatever it may be, I'm comfortable any, anywhere I go. Okay. But okay. it's a trust issue. Right. Yeah. So if you have a bad experience or, you know, if uh, Jeremy plays a, a nasty practical joke on Randy or Caitlin, mm -hmm. um, you know, it might have been hopefully no harm, no foul in it. But, you mm -hmm. know, they're going to sit there in mind, you know, I don't want to investigate 
with Tim or I don't want to investigate with them. Yeah. But they're comfortable right. with the rest of the group. So it's just, you got to tread lightly in that sense. Yeah. But if I trust people, I'm comfortable anywhere I go. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Groovy. Groovy. Anybody else? How Anybody? does someone join your society? <laughs> Kyle has so ah. many questions. So we are looking because uh, I'm having to replace some people. Really, it's just you go to our mm. webpage. Um, I've had people hit us up on Facebook, um, but with Ghost, uh, Ghostline Society, you go to the webpage, there's actually an area to you know, become a member. And what would, it's a cheesy question you got to fill out, but <laughs> it gives us a generalized, fast background on you, what your likes, dislikes. Um, at that point, we'll actually do a background check on the person. Okay. Oh. You know, I, it's, I don't care if you had something that happened in the past, but when we go into you know a homeowner's or business uh, location, I want to make sure we're not going to have any problems. And mm -hmm. again, I don't hold past against anybody. But if you were just out on jail for murder and you're awaiting trial <sighs> and we're going to go to a house, eh, I may not have you with <laughs> us on that one. Um, Better not sign understandable. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I you know I also expect you know them to you know check on us too. You yeah. Know, mm -hmm. If if you're joining us, um, you know. Ask questions. You know, we'll we'll do a face to face. Um, you'll kind of go through, you know, an interview with us, and if we got a good feeling, we bring them on board. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't charge. You know, in yeah. that sense. So, any, you know, people come on, they have to realize that it's a volunteer. Yeah. Uh, but with a volunteer aspect of it, you know, if you tell me you're going to be there, I need you there. So mm -hmm. it's it's a job, but it's a non-paying gig. Mm -hmm. We can relate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, okay. So, have and this goes for the whole group here. Uh, have any of you folks seen um, a film or a, a movie about uh, paranormal paranormal investigation that really uh, you just thought to yourself, "Man, that really just gets it." That that's that's how it is. Or what is the closest? Or what's maybe? the Yeah, in your eyes, what's the closest? And if you <laughs> were if, they, if there Beef. was going to be a film made about. Uh, Paranormal investigation. Who would you want about you folks? Who would you want to play you? Okay. And oh, why? Oh, and why? And why? Uh, Just kidding. <laughs> who would I want to play me? Yeah. Amy Adams. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> good answer. Same. Adam Barry. <laughs> <laughs> if, if someone's gonna play me, I'd probably say Megan Fox. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. I'm liking Same. this cast. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm a pain in the butt. Um, I'd say probably Bill Murray. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Excellent. no, we'll switch that up. I like Dan Aykroyd for that one. All Wonderful. right. Yes. He'd yes. probably be, like, super willing to do that, too. Well, the thing with him is he's actually heavily involved. So mm -hmm. the whole mm -hmm. scene with him out of Ghostbusters about the occult, he is heavily into the paranormal field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's actually pretty neat because I've talked to him probably like a brief 45 seconds about it. Oh, cool. Um, but I've I've talked to him, you know, through emails and all that. Mm -hmm. He's extremely knowledgeable. So mm -hmm. it's it's neat when you've got somebody on that pedestal that we grew up, you know, <coughs> Elwood Blues, you know, yeah. and he's into the into the field. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So um, what is there? Is, oh, is there any yes. media that's yes. gotten it right or close? What's the closest? I, I don't think there's anything that's really gotten it. Right. Um, okay. They're all about the scare factor. Yeah, right. um, of course. But if, I mean, a movie that I absolutely love about the paranormal, I mean, you can't beat Ghostbusters. I you mean, can't. True. Which one? Uh, the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first one, definitely. I, fields of 
goo just doesn't know i'm yeah. sorry it's yeah. the first one the original mm-hmm. the og with yeah. zool you know yeah <laughs> if someone asks if you're a god you say yes okay yes. <laughs> and cross the streams <laughs> the eight-year-old that i nanny um i kept trying to explain to her what i was doing tonight but she was just dead set on cammy is talking to the ghostbusters tonight <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know what yeah i am I am. I hope Slimer's there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. We've got any more, any yeah, more questions? Yeah, do you guys have any more questions? Any more Related questions? to the Ghostbusters, who would win in a fight, Slimer or Hamlet's dad? What? Hamlet's <laughs> dad? <laughs> yeah, he, he was a ghost. <laughs> Danish king? I mean. I know, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hamlet's dad. Definitely. Slimer. Slimer? Oh. Cool. Slimer. Slimer's, so Slimer's based off of John Belushi, so you got to go for Jake. I never even thought ma'am, about it. Yeah, it ma'am, was. Really? over yeah. here, oh I see you have a question. So I'd like to ask all of you, um, of course, are your favorite ghost movies from oh. ghost movies? Is, does that include us? Mine would be oh, okay. my, mine would be the others. Wonderful. It, it's not scary to me. I just love the take on it. Um, if you've ever seen it, um, it's a woman who lives in a house who she thinks the house is haunted. I, spoiler alert, she's actually the ghost. Oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I was halfway through it. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you had one. Actually, probably 13 ghosts. Which I one? I don't. I actually, I love them both. Me too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the first one, of course, Vincent Price. I can't yeah. go wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the remake actually wasn't too bad. <laughs> Tony Short. A little cheesy, but it's, you know, it's a neat story. Yeah, what? I love Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah. Yes. What about you guys? What about us guys? Ooh. Lay it on, Cam. Ooh. <laughs> Can I have like six? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like. I love Poltergeist. Uh-huh. It makes me cry every time. Um, I love The Changeling, but I George can't really. Scott. I can't really watch it. I've seen it like twice. I saw it way too young because of him. Um, <laughs> I was like seven. Red that was rough. Ball the, down the, the changeling is, is terrifying. And um, the, haunting. the haunting. The haunting. The original one. Yeah. Not the one. I'm speaking, Father. <laughs> she just put you in your place. <laughs> Not the one with Owen Wilson. The other one oh, from wow. the 60s. That's me. Yes. Wilson. Yeah. What were you saying? It's okay. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Is it a ghost movie? <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's taken a lot to to get to this point. Um, 
with Ghost Line Society, we're actually the longest running group in Lake County. We're the second lo longest running group in the state of Illinois. The first is actually uh, Dale Kazmierich. And he's been around for, actually I think he's on his 42nd year now. Uh, Troy Taylor, even though he's an author in Southern Illinois, he's only been doing it for about 28, 29 years actually investigating. Uh, but he's got a lot of experience also. So we take pride in it. Um, and you know, thank you for the, the compliment. Ooh. Kyle? Kyle, favorite ghost movie? Oh my God. I've seen too many bad ones. It pollutes my. Ghost NATO uh, of sorts? If you say Jason loves, X, he, I'm going to kill he you. Loves, he loves tornado themed movies or space movies. Weather is fun. Space, <laughs> space, squids, space, Jason. I'm sure Leprechaun in Space is your favorite Leprechaun movie. That was amazing. It was an amazing movie. It's great. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not knocking it. And I'm just saying. Favorite ghost movie, I might just say Paranormal Activity, because when I f the original, when I first saw that, that was that freaked that me out. That scared me. That laugh. movie scared me. I was living in an unfamiliar house at the time, and I think that may have been why, but that movie is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, there was a film that I saw a few years ago. Uh, it was just called uh, A Ghost Story. It, it kind of un uh, takes a look at what happens to a person who passes away in their home and that um, the journey th that they kind of have to deal with, how it might not necessarily be a cohesive uh, linear timeline that they live in, that uh, what happens to, to the ghost once the house is gone, once the, uh, the people who they're supposedly haunting pass away or it, it was an interesting take on it. It's not scary, though, right? No, uh, it's, it's more it sad than anything. Great. But yeah, so that's a fun <laughs> one. That's a fun one. Cool. Yes. Cool. Anything yeah. else? Anything else? Anyone have any other questions they are itching to ask? I'm not itching. <laughs> I, think I think Kristen has a question. Last question. Uh, we've kind of taken a little bit of a hiatus because we're doing a lot more lectures right now. Um, the busiest year we had was 2007. We averaged probably anywhere from about, well, since I came back to Illinois. Yeah. Oh, wow. For, for a long period of time, we were probably doing about four or five a week. Um, 2007, just to give you an idea, is the heyday of all the shows. And I had many, many groups nationwide helping me out on that because we were getting calls. And I'm like, why am I getting calls from Canada? We couldn't figure it out. Um, 2007, we did 3,778 investigations, all 50 states. Wow. wow. Under Ghostland, Ghostland Society. For some reason, that particular year, the shows were just at the peak, in, uh -huh. at, the, at the top of everything. Um, average, uh, for me, I was probably doing about seven a night, because I would just go from one site to another. Um, I took the year off from from the main job. I just, I couldn't do it. Wow. Uh, I was worth the travel channel. So, you know, I was also doing a lot of traveling. Um, I had a couple years away. I was at a job that got transferred to North Carolina, Pennsylvania. I came back to Illinois. Um, we were floundering in a very big way. So we're just kind of building up things again. Uh, we've got a couple um, to be determined ones that are still pending. Uh, so we're looking at probably maybe about two or three more before the end of the year. Uh, we've got, I think, about three more um, lectures. And then, depending on what happens with the network, um, we're going to be in the point of we're going to have to have investigators here in Illinois. They're going to be able to take care of things while a few of us are actually on the road. So. All right. Awesome. All right. Yes. Okay, so 
Let's uh, let's give it up for Ghostland Society. Yes, thank you. Again. Thank you for thank being here. Thank you guys so much thank for you. for being here with us tonight. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for oh, thank coming. You. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, You're welcome. <laughs> it was fun. We've All been right. your humble host, Spooky Time Podcast. Yes. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah. Uh, or film show, movie show, horror movie show. Spooky Time presents. <laughs> I'm like, what, oh, where what? am I? Where am I? Like, why do I smell almonds? <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, yeah, I've been one yes. of your hosts, Jarrett Miller. Uh, these have been my cohorts. With you as always. With me as always. Yes. Cammie and Kyle. Always by your side. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Drive safe. Yes, drive safe. Goodbye. Bye. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again to Club M81. Yes, thank you. For hosting us Our today. lovely producer Kaylee made this all possible. So, where is she? I'm where, <laughs> where are you? She's Kaylee? pulling an Oz right now <laughs> behind the curtain. Do you think I'm spooky?